What is up, everyone? <clears throat> Welcome back to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, Justin Roman. And, and uh, first of all, I hope everyone is having a wonderful uh, Sunday afternoon <clears> or <throat> oh, Saturday afternoon. Um, and guys, uh, today we are we, we, we are officially entering a new month. Today is the 1st of July. Which means, guys, we are one month away from NFL preseason. And we are two months away from the NFL regular season. And I can't wait. Um, But, guys, uh, I decided to come on here just because I wanted to give you guys another list um, that I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, My list for today is going to be including my five... Significant questions for the New York Giants offensive line this season. You know, um, obviously, um, it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how this offensive line is going. How it's going, like it's going, it's going to be very interesting to see how this offensive line does this season. You know, obviously, uh, the Giants offensive line hasn't been productive for the past, I don't know, for a long time now. It's been, a, it's been a while, actually, since the Giants actually had an overall good offensive line. You know, you, you know, um, but I think this, I love where, I love where this old line is headed. You know, Andrew Thomas, he's proven to be one of the best, um, left tackles in the NFL, Evan Neal. I expect him to have a big jump going into his second year. And not only that, but you draft John Michael Schmitz, who was ranked as one of the best, one of uh, the number one uh, center in this year's draft class. Um, obviously, the guard position is up in the air, you know, um, so we're going to see what happens at the guard position. But overall, the offensive line is. It looks a whole lot better, you know, um, and I'm excited. Um, but without further ado, guys, let's get right into um, my questions. Um, you know, for as long as many can, uh, for as long as many can remember, the Giants' offensive line has been an area of concern heading into the heading into the uh, the season. Even back when Eli uh, Manning was still leading the team into the final seasons of his Hall of Fame career, the offensive line was always a worry. Going back to the 2013 season when the final parts from the 2011 team that won the Super Bowl started to close out their careers, the Giants were finishing in the mid to late 20s as far as ranks go. When Daniel Jones took over for Eli Manning in 2018, the Giants had their best ranking over the last 10 years. They finished 17th overall in the NFL, according um, according to Pro Football Focus. After that, the Giants' offensive lines have finished 31st in 2020, 30th in 2021, and even during a playoff season in 2022, they finished 30th again. You know, so... If anything, the offensive line playing this poorly with Saquon Barkley's production 
the clear case for the Giants to pay him. You know, on you know, on the other side of that, the Giants giving Daniel Jones a four-year, $160 million contract was a reason for Joe Shane to turn around and improve the offensive line drastically because Joe Shane needs the offensive line to protect their investment at quarterback heading into the 2023 season. You know, um, so with the season rapidly approaching, obviously the question is, the question is what concerns surround the Giants offensive line heading into uh, the upcoming season? Well, here's my first question. Um, obviously, my first question, it's not going to surprise a lot of people. Um, my first question is, will Evan Neal showcase major improvement in 2023? Look, at everyone was excited. I was excited myself, you know, when the Giants landed Evan Neal with the seventh overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Most figured the Giants now had their next right tackle who could help anchor the right side with Andrew Thomas on the other side for the next 10 to 15 years. You know, while Evan, while Evan Neal had his moments where he looked the part of holding his own, he also had his struggles during the season. Evan Neal allowed seven sacks and 22 hurries during his rookie uh, season. At times, he looked like an NFL rookie who had... A lot to learn but <clears throat> you know um, there were some bright spots during Evan Neal's rookie campaign the victories against the Ravens and Colts had him graded out highly in both the pass and run block Evan Neal decided to take uh, his improvements to another level as he worked alongside former Cincinnati Bengals right tackle Willie Anderson to improve his stance and technique this offseason you know, uh, uh, and Willie Anderson is considered one one of the best right tackles to ever play in the league. So kudos to Evan Neal to picking a really good mentor to keep him uh, to help him work on his skills and improve for next season. You know, um, obviously, in order for the Giants' offensive line to take the next step, Evan Neal needs to improve drastically from what we all saw from his rookie year. Granted, like I always say, rookies can go through those growing pains early on. But now the Giants need for Evan Neal to look and play the part of a veteran in that second year. So, that's my first question. Uh, obviously, my okay. My second question um, it's gonna be very relatable. What I said about the guard. It's gonna be very relatable about what I said about the guard position. My second look at my second question: Who who's gonna who is going to play the left guard uh, spot? You know, like heading into the 2023 season, this could be the one position when it you know when when it is a bit of a mystery because no one knows for sure who will get the start at left guard. On paper, Ben Bridison might be the leading player to get the starting left guard spot. He played in 11 games for the Giants and started eight of them. In his 11 games played, Bredesen didn't allow a single sack, which is definitely something that helps his cause. You know, um, you know Ben Bredesen, you know, he also allowed just nine hurries and two quarterback hits, which, again, 
will help his cause to get the left guard spot in 2023. But it's not a guarantee he's given the job when the Giants hit week one. Second-year offensive lineman Joshua Zudu should be back from the neck injury that kept him that kept him out for the second half of the season after appearing in 10 games and starting in two before landing on season-ending um, on season-ending injured reserve. The Giants will also have another second-year offensive lineman in Marcus McKeithen, who's returning from a season-ending ACL tear that cost him his entire rookie campaign. The Giants also have Shane Lemieux, who was a who was once a former starter at left guard during his rookie season in 2020. But because of injuries, Shane Lemieux has only played in two total games since uh, that. At this point, at this point, look, Shane Lemieux is a bit of a dark horse candidate to me because of his health and the lack of being on the field in almost three years. As far as left guard goes, it's really anyone's job to win during training camp and in the preseason, so we'll see. We'll find out. Um, my third question. Um, now, this is one that I never really thought I was going to bring. This is a question that I really didn't thought I was going to bring up, you know, because I really, I didn't really think I was going to have any problems with this guy. Um... But now I do. Um, my third question is, can Mark Lewinsky improve his production? You know, due to Dave Gettleman leaving Joe Shane an absolute mess to work with as far as the salary cap went in Joe Shane's first season as a Giants general manager, he didn't have a lot to work with. But one of the moves Joe Shane made early on last season in free agency was the signing of Mark Lewinsky to a three-year $18.3 million deal. Health-wise, Mark Lewinsky, you know, Lewinsky held, <coughs> health-wise, Lewinsky held up as he was on the field for 16 games and played all of them at right guard. His play, though, his play, though, it varied at times. He allowed five total sacks with 22 hurries and four quarterback hits in 2022. Some fans even wanted Golinski cut in the offseason to make to make way for the younger offensive linemen on the team like Marcus McKeithen and uh, Joshua Azudu. But because of the $8.65 million cap hit on Golinski, his release was not happening. But what the Giants will need from Golinski is a bit of an improvement, <clears throat> improvement, especially in the past uh, pass blocking part of his game. That was graded out at his, that was graded out as his weakest skill, whereas his run blocking was decent enough to keep his job and have him penciled, uh, penciled in to be the Giants' right guard when training camp hits and, in all likely, when Week One is here. You know, um, but. The question is, can Glowinski be good enough? To, uh, can he be good enough to um, where the Giants still cut him after 2023? His release would save the Giants $5.7 million with only a $1.5 million dead cap hit. So Glowinski wants to see that third season on this deal. 
Tokyo need to be better than what we saw in 2022? My fourth question, guys. Um, um, I'm going back right to John Michael Schmitz. Um, my fourth question is, can John Michael Schmitz help turn this offensive line around? You know, um, you know, obviously the one draft pick that generated perhaps the most buzz among most Giants fans was the second round selection of <coughs> was <coughs> excuse me <coughs> was the second round selection of uh, center John Michael Schmitz. Some mock dra- some mock drafts uh, had uh, some mock drafts had this guy. Uh, going as high as the later part of the first round, mostly to the Giants since they were the one team considered to have uh, the greatest need at center. Many people felt the Giants landing Schmitz in the second round was a steal given his talents and how highly ranked he was amongst all the centers in the t- in this year's draft class. You know, obviously center has been a position for the Giants that has been a bit of a revolving door ever since Sean O'Hara uh, hung up the pads for um, and an out for an um, analyst role. One of the last centers the Giants drafted highly was uh, was uh, Weston Richburg, who was also a second-round pick for the Giants in the 2014 NFL Draft. Um, uh, Weston Richburg loved to take a free agent deal. But before he did, he was one of he was one of he was one of the Giants' most frequent players at center. Same with Nick Gates, who returned from a serious leg injury that almost cost him his career. Nick Gates, like uh, Weston Richburg, signed somewhere else, where uh, when he hit free agency, as he got a deal with the uh, with the Washington Commanders. John Fluciano, who started at 15 games for the Giants last season at center. He left the Giants to sign with the 49ers. The center job is now the center job is now Schmitz, you know, and he's been this this guy has been given the expectations to not just have the job, but to give the offensive line a bit of a makeover, you know. Um, this kid is a mauler, and, you know, and this is you know, and this is you know, this is he's a mauler, who's you know some. You know, and this is also a guy who some people think, some people think uh, John Michael Schmitz could have the kind of impact on the line like Creed Humphrey did with the Chiefs. The Chiefs were one of the top-ranked units in the 2022 season. So, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, this kid, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how John Michael Schmitz plays this season. Um, look at it. Look at it. Schmitz will be given some tough tasks. You know, he's a rookie. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, especially looking at the Giants uh, schedule. You know, uh, John Michael Schmitz, he's going he's gonna to be going up against some pretty good football players, you know, but that, you know, that's the nature of the, that's the, that's that's the nature of being a rookie. You gotta deal with the pressure. You gotta deal with oppose. You gotta deal with uh, all pros coming at you. But 
he'll get, I believe he'll, I believe he'll start getting it. I, I believe he'll start understanding the task of being a center, you know, um, you know, he's gonna, uh, he's gonna be given some tough tasks and stopping the pass rushers that the NFC East, uh, that the NFC East teams currently have, but if this kid can live up to the hype surrounding him entering the draft and into his pro transition, then maybe he was the one piece needed to help turn the Giants' offensive line around with his fortifying um, uh, the center spot. And guys, last but not least, um, when my last question is kind of a, it's kind of a, it's kind of an obvious question. When does Andrew Thomas get paid? You know, um, and the reason why I have this as my this the reason why I have this on my list is look at when the Giants didn't win out on the Chase Young uh, Chase Young Bowl leading into the 2020 NFL Draft. The Giants uh, the Giants consolation prize of losing out on drafting Chase Young and dropping to the fourth spot was Andrew Thomas, who has emerged as one of the very best tackles, best and young left tackles in all of the NFL. You know, Andrew, Andrew Thomas had some struggles early on in early on in his career, but his third season saw a dramatic turnaround in his play from being a decent left tackle who allowed 12 total, uh, 12 total sacks in his first two uh, first two games. To allowing just three total in 2022, and was you know he was one of he was uh, I believe he was uh, one of the highest ranked and graded left tackles in the league. <clears throat> so the question now isn't either or not the Giants have their left tackle of the present and future because Andrew Thomas is clearly that guy. The question is. When do the Giants pay him that long-term deal? The Giants have, look at the Giants have, already, <clears throat> the Giants have already picked up Andrew Thomas's fifth-year option for the 2024 season at 14.1 million dollars, which for Andrew Thomas's uh, abilities is a bargain. Some could see Andrew Thomas getting a deal starting in the 20-plus million range. I mean, Laramie Tunzel got a three-year deal that is paying him around $25 million per season. This may be the kind of deal that Andrew Thomas and his agent looks at, uh, looks at, uh, looks at for when he sits down with Joe Shane to discuss and decide his future with the Giants. The Giants could also uh, go the same way the San Francisco 49ers did with Trent Williams when they gave him a six-year, $138 million extension back in 2021. A deal that pays uh, uh, Williams an average of $23 million per season. These are likely going to be some of the starting points in Andrew Thomas's uh, extension talks, just like the Giants did with Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence and hope to do with Saquon Barkley. They will likely try to extend Andrew Thomas as well and keep him part of the current and long-term plans. He'll be worth. He'll Andrew Thomas. He, he you know, this guy. He is. He's worth every penny. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's all I gotta say about that.
That's all I got to say about that. And yeah, guys, those are my five significant questions that I have for the New York Giants offensive line this season. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Let me know how you guys feel about my, let me know how you guys feel about my questions and I'll get right back at you guys. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how everything plays out for uh, this offensive line going into the season. I'm very excited. Um, and yeah, we're going to see what happens. But I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, I'll keep you guys updated for more news about the New York Giants. And I'll also keep you guys updated about any more lists if I have any. So stay tuned for both those things. But until then, guys, I am out. Peace.